Thanks for joining us today for the Anchor Daily. We are reading through the books of Acts, learning about the early church and the unstoppable power of the gospel. Listen close as we dive deep into Luke's and Paul's accounts. Hello, podcast family. Angie here on your podcast dial, tackling 1 Timothy chapters 1 through 3 today. Yes, yes, indeed, we are going there. Well, kind of. This letter is final instructions and an encouragement to Timothy, whom Paul considered a son in the faith, as Paul hands him the reins to the Ephesus church while warning about the dangers of false teachings. The church is God's primary instrument for accomplishing his mission on earth. But Paul's instructions here to the church have followed with decades and decades of debate, angst, and division, mainly concerning the role of women. In my almost 12 years on staff at Bethel, I have seldom been asked about my position on women serving in ministry. I definitely have beliefs that I can biblically defend about what I think Paul is and isn't saying. But my goal today is not to debate First Timothy with you. That would be unfairly one-sided. My goal instead is to get you to consider what it means to exegesis a passage of Scripture. Too often when I ask people for their views on women in ministry and how they formulated their stance, they say things like, well, my pastor preached a sermon on it once, or that's just what my church has always taught about it. Exegesis is a strange word, but it's the process of discovering the original and intended meaning of a passage. The right way to approach scripture is not with assumptions, wishes, and fears, but rather with honest questions asked in faith. It's studying, reading, listening, learning, praying, and then forming a biblical position based on that broad exegesis. The process of good exegesis involves observation. What does the passage say? Interpretation. What does the passage mean? Correlation. How does the passage relate to the rest of the Bible? Like what comes before it and after it, cultural considerations, etc. And then application. How should this passage affect my life? While I was attending Western Seminary, esteemed professor Dr. Gary Brashears used to challenge us often to ask, is this doctrine of primary or secondary importance? He was always quick to note that not every doctrinal issue is a matter of heresy versus orthodoxy. So what are some primary doctrines? Examples include salvation by faith alone, the Trinity, the virgin birth, the resurrection and ascension of Christ. A secondary doctrine is something that is important to take a stand on, but salvation itself does not hinge on these doctrines. Examples might include capital punishment, divorce, alcohol use, or women in ministry. Should I attend a church where I don't align with the primary doctrines? No. If something is clearly heretical, then we should not remain under that teaching. When a primary doctrine is opposed to the true gospel, we should stand firm. Should I attend a church where I don't always agree with secondary doctrines? Well, you probably already are. That's what I have done my entire life. I've never attended a church where I aligned 100% on every single secondary issue. 
In fact, most churches don't even go down that never-ending abyss. But Christians often do. There are literally millions of nuances and room for mystery when it comes to secondary doctrines. We must use care and wisdom when considering secondary issues. People can strongly defend these positions, but in doing so can also malign a believer they disagree with. Just get on social media for about five minutes to watch this happen. Sometimes in our zeal, we can be more concerned about being right than being light. We shouldn't feel the need to call another person names or question their salvation because their view on a secondary issue is different than our own. Pastor Tim Bertolet noted, quote, If and when we levy harsh attacks against other Christians or defame their character because they hold a different view, I believe we have climbed over safety rails established by Scripture. Not only do we cause injury to others, but we risk injury to ourselves. Extreme dogmatism might work in a smaller congregation where people are already aligned to one view, but in a larger congregation with representatives of other views, charity is needed. Therefore, it is important to have charity and gentleness towards our brothers and sisters who have different views from our own. End quote. James 1 shows the way. Let's be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Let's do solid exegesis on secondary topics, reading perspectives on both sides of the issue to learn, grow, and solidify our beliefs. So yes, I would love to have a conversation with you about what I believe Paul meant in 1 Timothy 1-3 through concerning women. But come prepared, as I will, to listen, to wrestle, and for a hug or high five at the end of the discussion because this is not an issue that should divide the love between friends and fellow believers. We don't have to agree, but we should love each other well. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Listen tomorrow as we encourage each other through God's Word. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we would love to continue to grow with you. We'd also like a chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you can find all sorts of ways to serve, worship, and learn together.